Hey guys, welcome back to the Grant Mint Podcast, episode number 19. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the humility it takes to win. Humility is such an important topic and such an important personality trait that I think sets people in every industry, every gender, every background apart from one another. And while we see lots of people who are um, extremely successful and it seems like they just have this unbelievable confidence, a one common trait that I've seen, not only in people that have worked you know, around me and, and in my companies, where I've learned from my own faults and what, what helped me become successful, but also studying the greatest people in the world is while they had this resilience and confidence to them, they had this underlying humility where they were so coachable and willing to learn from any single person that they could. Because the longer you do it and and the more success that you have, you realize that nothing just happens and that life is ever-changing and the people, the marketplace, and the businesses around you are constantly evolving. And what did work last year or last decade or last month may not work this one. And it's so important to always be adjusting who you are, your business, your approach, and the way that you do things on a day-to-day basis. So starting off, my early um, you know, wins and losses were in sports. I was grown up since I was eight or nine years old, obsessed with sports. I, I was obsessed with the challenge of having to you know, get your body to where it needed to be, get your mind, understand the game inside and out, and then having to execute at a high level and perform with a bunch of different people behind you. And what I learned is... While I was such a confident person, and I believe I was coachable to a point, what I learned early on in my career is that I was more concerned with doing things my way. While I did listen to the coach, I was always a good kid. I was more concerned with trying to be right and trying to do things my way. And what happened is even though I was a talented quarterback and I had some pretty good potential, When I got to college and I was playing junior college football, I had a great coach, um, uh, offense coordinator and a great head coach that were, you know, developed great quarterbacks. They traditionally have unbelievable offenses. And I was a scrappy dual threat guy that was coming in in fall camp, making all these plays, doing all these things. But what quickly started to happen is there was this other quarterback. He was a lot taller than me. He was a bigger guy. He wasn't as, as athletic as I was. But one thing that he did is he knew how to play the game. He knew how to connect with the coach, ask the right questions. He would be having phone calls with the coach after practice, talking about coverage, talking about defense, talking about play calls, talking about strategy. And he was so prepared intellectually on the game of football. And if you know anything about American football, it is a complex sport. It looks simple because you see these big guys running after each other, but it is extremely complex. And as the game goes or as the game evolves and as you move up in your career, everyone is talented, everyone is smart, and everybody knows the game inside and out. So the only way to win is either be so talented that it's just effortless or you have to outsmart people on a whole different level. And while I was a hard, hard worker, I was working out all the time, I was throwing every day, I just kind of thought, you know, I know the playbook, I'm fine. I never studied film like I should have. 
I never knew the offense and defense inside out like I should. I was, yeah, I was a smart guy, but it didn't matter because I was getting out executed by someone regardless of talent was putting in more preparation that I didn't see. And what happened is we were going through fall camp and I was competing for a starting job. And, you know, early on I was struggling and then all of a sudden it kind of had that like, oh shit moment where I realized that, oh my God, I need to get it together. I was trying to do everything my way. I was trying to do all this extra stuff and I wasn't trusting what my coaches were teaching. And I did start to adjust finally the last two weeks of the camp, but it was too late. And while this other quarterback struggled the first two, three weeks, for whatever reason, it finally clicked. He ended up doing unbelievable that year, and he ended up playing D1 football and getting a big scholarship. Now, I tell you that story because on the surface, was I making all these plays? Could I, could have I gone, oh, it's not my fault. I should have been this, or they should have gave me this. Of course, I could have been like that. But not only was it extremely humbling, but I learned that you know, even though this is football, business and life isn't going to be any different. They're going to promote the person at the company that executes and brings the company the most revenue. They're going to they're going to hire people that they trust and that they like and they respect. And life is a game. And you can scream and yell at the game all you want because we want it to be our certain type of game and works the way that we want and we believe that it should be, but no one cares. No one cares how hard you work. You have to be humble and you have to be willing to learn from the people around you, especially if they've done it at a successful level. So what I did is after that experience, you know, I ended up moving to New York and and eventually, you know, getting into business. And I made like almost a pact with myself where I said, look, I will never try to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm never going to lead and make decisions with my ego. I'm never going to be passive aggressive because things aren't this way or that way. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from my mistakes and I'm going to be the most coachable and humble person that anybody has ever met, no matter how talented I am. And if I talk to someone or a new person comes to the company, even though he or she is brand new, if they have a perspective or they have something that they tell me, I'm going to listen to it and take it with a grain of salt and look, go, okay, why are they seeing that? What, what is their perspective? How am I coming across to them? And what I started doing is incorporating an unbelievable amount of accountability into my life. Because think about this, something bad could happen to you, right? For example, um, you could be working really hard and someone gets selected over you for the promotion. You applied to the job, you had the credentials, but you don't get it. While on the surface, it may look like that's not your fault and that's BS and that person doesn't deserve it or this, that, and the other. We have to realize that every day you have to look yourself in the mirror and realize that you're the common denominator. You are the common person in every situation, dispute, good thing, bad thing, in every situation of your life. And even if someone gets picked over you who may not be as talented, who may not have the credentials, 
it's still your fault for not setting yourself up to get that promotion or to get that opportunity or get that deal. Complaining about it and saying why it's unfair and they had it because of this is doing nothing for you. I promise you, you don't get any brownie points. You don't get any more money. You have to look at it and go, how do I set myself up to where it is so obvious I'm the guy or girl that they need to pick or to get that deal or to get that whatever that you're going after that it's a no-brainer. And sometimes part of life is knowing that it doesn't matter how good you are and you got to know somebody or you got to set yourself up or you got to create leverage to where them promoting you benefits them. But you can't do the things that I'm, I'm, I'm saying right now unless you're humble and you're accountable. When I learned this through football, and it was the best lesson and it was tough as hell, I knew I was going to incorporate that into my life. And what I did is early on, I'll tell a quick story. I was a young sales rep at this, this company, and I had a goal to become the regional sales manager. And I had learned from not being chosen and you know, as in college as a starting quarterback at the time. And I learned from different things. And I said, you know what? I'm never going to let things like that happen to me. I'm going to create leverage. I'm going to learn this game and I'm going to find a way to win. And I was the youngest person at the company in time, at the time. I was 22 years old. And we had this manager that had been there for a while and he was a star. He was awesome. Um, I was living in Houston at the time. Our sales team was the number one team in the country for that company. And so I knew that, you know, it was going to be difficult for me to get promoted anytime because this guy enlists that guy moved up. So what I did is I said, okay, how do I create leverage? One, I need to figure out how to become the number one sales rep. I'm young. I need to earn the respect of everyone. So I focused all of my energy and effort on developing my sales skills to become the top rep. Next, what I did is, you know what? I was like, okay, this manager is fantastic, so I'm not just going to take his job, but there's a chance he could get promoted. And if he looks at me and goes, this guy is the best leader, this guy is the most trustworthy, I was assuming that it would be beneficial. So what I did is I started getting close to him. I create a relationship. We'd hang out. We'd talk business. We'd, he, I'd ask for pointers. I created a great relationship. Next, I studied the company and I studied what caused certain things to happen in that company. And I realized that the company was essentially a dictatorship. The CEO and every decision that happened was 100% due to the to owner of the company. So I knew that he was coming to town, to Houston, to visit the Houston office in a couple months. So what I did is I knew the only way for him to really care about me is to be extremely close with that RSM. I became close with the regional manager. The CEO came down. We ended up going all out to dinner and I knew that was my opportunity. So I knew I had to make a great impression. Because of that, I made an amazing impression with the CEO and we immediately had a connection and I knew that I earned the respect of, of that that CEO. Next thing you know, I'm kicking ass in sales. I've connected with the RSM. I start staying in touch with the CEO. I'm this brand new sales rep, and now I'm cool with the CEO of this big company. And what ended up happening two or three months later, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the RSM that I thought was going to be there forever 
leaves the company for another job, a director of sales job at a different company. It was shocking. And what ended up happening is I was hoping I was going to have a chance. And two to three days later, I get a text from the CEO. He goes, hey, do you have any future goals with the company? And I said, yeah, I'd love to talk. And he said, okay, I'm free Thursday. I get on the phone. And the first thing he says, is, he goes, you know, Grant, when, when I met you back in April, out of all the people that there, you were the sharpest person there and you really impressed me. You know, what are some of the goals that you have for the company? Obviously, Ryan's gone now. What are you looking to do? I think you have some leadership potential. Two to three weeks later, he said, you know what? We're going to give you the opportunity for a month, trial run to be the, the regional manager. And, I, and I, I kicked ass and I made sure everyone around me succeeded and I got the job. Now, why did I get the job? I didn't get it because I hope and spun around and prayed and hoped that someday I'd just get lucky and my time would come. I was humble and accountable and I knew that I'm not just going to suddenly get this job. I knew that it was going to be difficult because I was the youngest person there. I had no management experience. And while there were other people who had more experience than me, I knew the only way for me to win was to create the leverage, learn the skill sets, and know the right people that would pick me over anybody else. Because when they go interview me or someone else, I learned that in life, they always know who the guy or girl is that's going to take the job. It's about setting yourself up in the game to be able to do it. So instead of me just having an ego and just, well, I should be the manager, so I don't need to go make, make a good relationship with RSM. I don't need to do that. If I'm not good, they'll just pick. Instead of me doing that, I had calculation and preparation with every single thing. So I was ready and it was a natural fit for me to take the job. That's how life works. And we can be mad at that. We can be passive aggressive. We can shout from the rooftops that it shouldn't be like that. But unfortunately, that's how a lot of situations are. And it's the people who are humble and coachable and they're willing to learn from people that succeed. Another story is, you know, I I run a solar company, one of the fastest growing in in the country now. We're we're doing deals all over the country and we've had tremendous growth. But one thing that's been really cool about this experience is I've been able to run large sales forces. Um, Now as a CEO, you know, I'm still overseeing it. Um, and I'm still active in the, the hiring process because we're just so careful who we bring on the comp- into the company and we always want to make sure it's the right fit. Uh, but what's cool about it is you get to see a whole host of different people come into your organization and come onto your teams that have all these different backgrounds, right? And different ages, different ethnicities, some went to college, some didn't, different degrees, different backgrounds. And it's so interesting because I can think back in the last three, four years, and I always wondered, like, what, what, is, what is that perfect sales rep? What's that perfect type of person that succeeds in business and, and, and makes the most money? And we couldn't put a, a, a finger on it at the beginning, right? I didn't know if they had a certain degree or did they come from a certain industry? Were they a certain age? And it was so interesting that you just never know who's going to be successful based off the way they look or where they came from. And I'll tell you this story. I had this guy, it was, it was when I was first a, a, a regional manager, 
And this guy gets on an interview. His name was Ralph, this old country guy. He was uh, in his late 40s. He did not look like this like stud. He was kind of like, if I'm being honest, kind of creepy looking when, when he jumped on the interview. I was like, oh, who the heck is this guy, right? And he gets on the interview. And I'm like, like I said, I'm a young RSM. We just started having success. And he starts talking. He goes, Grant, look, I am a sole proprietor and I own a steel company. It's just me. My wife's my assistant. Uh, because of the tariffs, and this was back in like 2018, 2019 or whatever, when they had the, the steel tariffs and it was really hurting the, the industry. He goes, out of nowhere, all of the prices have gone up 30%. The company is going to go under whether I like it or not. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, look, I have found a way to win and succeed my entire life, right? I outwork anybody. I know I've never been in solar before. I know I would be shifting industries, but whatever you tell me to do, I will not only do it, but I will outwork everybody and find a way to win. I promise you. On everything I love, I will be the number one sales rep. And I was like, whoa. You know, that's a bold thing to say. But you know when someone like has to survive, like they just, you know, it's like almost like they're like fear mode. Like I got to make it happen for my family. It was kind of one of those sayings. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I appreciated them saying that. And I was like, well, you know, we'll talk with the team. We'll get back with you. And I sent, you know, we typically when we do Zoom interviews, we'd, we'd send like a two minute clip and I'd send it to the director and the director's like, this guy looks weird. No, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? Something in my gut tells me I want to hire this guy. And he said, are you sure it's on you if he's not right? And I said, you know what? I'm, I want to give him a shot. Next thing you know, he comes in the company. All right. He was a handful to train, but he was obnoxiously calling me obnoxiously. He's like, Grant, what do I got to do? What is this? Blah, blah, blah. He would pitch and he'd go, Grant, what do you think about this? How do I do this? And I would give him some, some constructive criticism. He'd go, okay, got it. hundred percent. I'm going to implement it. And he'd do it. And I'm like, this guy does anything I say. Next thing you know, the first month goes in. Okay. And I'm going to tell you long story short. So a month later, we're on our company-wide Zoom. And at that point, my my market had become the number one market. I was having all the success. And like I said, I'd build a relationship with that CEO at the time. This was before I started my own company, guys. And um, this guy, Rob, gets on and he starts talking about something. And he was a country guy. And like I said, it looked a little different, whatever. That's okay. I kid you not, guys, I got like five to six text messages in the next like two, three minutes after he started talking and they go, Grant, who the hell is this guy? The CEO texts me, who the hell is this guy, Grant? Who the hell are you hiring? What the hell? And like I said, it had been a month and guess what I said? And I said, guys, guess how many deals he has? They go, what? And I stopped everyone on the thing. I said, hey guys, I just want to give a quick shout out to Ralph who's leading the company in sales with with nine or 10 deals this month. He's made over $20,000 in commission, has outworked everyone. Everyone give him a round of applause. The whole company's like, oh, everyone starts high-fiving, doing everything. And you should have seen the faces of those people that texted me. I couldn't believe it. They, They were in shock. 
And what I learned is, one, don't judge a book by its cover. But two, it's not some random skill set. It doesn't have an age, an ethnicity, a religion, a background, necessarily a rich dad or someone they knew. It takes persistence and humility because this is the thing. No one knows everything. And every single person around you every single day, whether it's at your job, whether it's in your family, in your friend group, or a random stranger you don't know, they all know something or are better at something than you are. And being humble and being willing to listen to everyone, take into account what they say and what their viewpoint is, and at the worst, you can at least understand why that types of person, that type of person views you, your product, your service in that way. If you're a sponge and you constantly are evolving yourself, what tends to happen is, one, you're a hard worker so you don't give up, but two, and most importantly, eventually you kind of start to get freaking good. All those things and all that data and all that information you've learned because you weren't trying to be Mr. Know-it-all, but because you were willing to learn, helped you to become an unbelievable talent. Guys, coachability and humility sets anybody apart. Just remember, anybody is two weeks away from almost losing it all. There's always someone that can take your position, take your job. Anybody. You have to be willing to learn. And you have to realize that we're in an ever-changing economy that's growing and changing and shifting at an enormous rate. Be humble be coachable, and adapt to the world that is constantly changing around you. So that's it for episode 19, guys. Um, thanks again for all the support. Um, obviously, this is, you know, we're, we're now into 2022, which is crazy to think about. It's This past year has flown by. Um, I hope you, everyone has a huge month, huge week, and huge rest of the year. Um, as always, guys, please reach out to me on my Instagram, um, Twitter or um, TikTok at Grant Mitt. I, I try to respond to as many messages as possible if you got any interesting situations. Remember, guys, like I'm not trying to be some type of guru. I'm not trying to be some coach of some sort. Uh, you know, obviously, I have my businesses and things that I'm running, but really, all that this is for is just to kind of give back and and kind of go through some things that I've been through personally that you know maybe I can give you guys, your, anybody that's listening, and hopefully more people. Um, an opportunity to be successful and do less dumb things that I did that I I had to learn from, right? So appreciate it, guys. As always, uh, please leave a review and subscribe, and I will see you guys next week for episode 20. Thanks, guys. Have a good week.